Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, personal besties. Welcome back to a brand new episode of Live Your Personal Best. Today's conversation I'm so excited for. It's with Allie all about how to use body positivity in a health-centric approach. Because a lot of times we can talk about body positivity without talking about health, or we can talk about health without all of the self-love aspect. And what I love with this conversation with Allie is we pull it all in together because she is a retired bodybuilder. So she is someone who used to get up there in front of people and get judged on her appearance, on aesthetics, on her body, and has now come out of it, you know, going through that experience of wanting to be in a place of self-love, but also caring about her health. And now she's a health coach, all of that. And so she's a perfect person to talk us through her journey and what tips she has for you today. So I'm very excited for you to check it out. And in honor of it, unofficially being Galentine's Day today and Valentine's Day tomorrow and just feeling all the love, do me a favor, share your favorite podcast episode of Live Your Personal Best with a friend. It might be this one, so send this one to them now. Say to check out one of your favorite podcasts, how it gives you motivation, help motivate others, you know, just spread in love. So with that, let's get started. What's up and welcome to the Live Your Personal Best podcast. This is the place where I help current and former athletes like you to show up confidently in the gym and in life. I'm your host, Emily Kaufman, a former Division I athlete and author of Elite to Everyday Athlete. I'm going to show you how to stay motivated in reaching your goals and how to have more fun doing it. So let's sweat it out and start living your personal best. Hey guys, today we are joined by Allie. She's a former bodybuilding pro turned functional health and fitness coach. She's an advocate for self-love and becoming your best self through mind-body health, which she's on to talk with us about today. Allie, thanks for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me, Emily, and I'm excited to be here. Yeah, I'm really excited to talk to you because, you know, you love talking about this idea of self-love with body acceptance, but you were also a bodybuilder, which is such an aesthetic sport. I'd love to learn more about how you got started with all that. Oh my goodness. Yes. So I grew up in, as an athlete, um, not a bodybuilding athlete. I played volleyball, basketball. I ran track. So I always had that competitive drive. I always grew up having that goal that I was working toward. And then when I got into adulthood and I had just graduated college, I kind of found myself in that place where I was like, you know, what am I doing with my life? Who am I? What do I want to accomplish? And I didn't have that 
goal that was just kind of automatically there for me. So that was something I really struggled with coming out of school. Um, at that exact same time, my mom was diagnosed with brain cancer and I became one of her primary caregivers until she passed, which was about nine months later. So that was kind of my journey into health and fitness because for one, it was a really big wake up call for me, just witnessing and experiencing her journey through that kind of illness. And then also recognizing in myself where I wasn't taking care of myself, where I wasn't taught how to take care of myself. Cause most of us aren't right. Like we're not taught how to, to nourish our bodies properly, how to prioritize our mental and emotional health alongside our physical health. And we're just constantly bombarded with all of these messages. So that was a really big wake up call for me. And after she passed, I found myself being in a place where I was just exhausted. I felt depressed. I didn't like the way I looked. I didn't like the way I felt. And I was like 22. So I remember just sitting there thinking like, okay, (laughs) I'm way too young to feel this way. Like this is not what this is supposed to be about. So I hired a trainer that was when online training, like was first, you know, really becoming a thing. And, um, she somehow convinced me to do a bodybuilding competition, which sounded awful to me. It was not something I ever thought I would do. I certainly did not think standing on stage in a bikini in front of judges and people who are basically judging your physique did not sound like fun to me, but I recognized that that could be something that I worked toward as far as like having a goal. And because it was so terrifying to me, it was kind of that indicator like, okay, maybe I actually need to do this because I felt so controlled by that fear and I didn't like that. Um, So I decided to do, I was like, I'll just do one. And that was kind of my attempt to overcome that fear and to also give myself something to work toward. Yeah. So you had like just started back into weightlifting and went straight into bodybuilding. Yeah, like four months I was on on prep and um, I'm fortunate to, you know, have grown up as an athlete. So um, my body responds pretty well to that kind of stimulus. But yeah, it was, I, I said, yep, I'll sign up with you. About a week later, she was like, you know, I think you should really do a show. And I was like, I think I really should not. And then probably two days later, I'm like, okay, I guess I'm training for a show. <laughs> yeah. So how was this competition kind of like different from the other ones? Like, you know, like volleyball, basketball, all of that into now like being judged on your physique. Like, did you feel any of that pressure at all? Or were you just kind of like happy to be bodybuilding and like lifting weights? A hundred percent. So I was definitely happy to be back in the weight room at that point in my life. That was kind of my me time. And it was really a way for me to process the emotions I was going through. So when my mom passed, I had a lot of grief, a lot of anger, um, some guilt. And so using that outlet was a very healthy, productive way for me to kind of channel that really heavy energy and like put it into something productive. So it was almost like my meditation time. Like I would just go in the gym, zone out. People would try to come say hi. And I'm like, don't talk to me. I'm, this is my time. (laughs) Um, But it was definitely terrifying. I had that realization that you know, I'm basically the one who controls the outcome of all of this. And so if I'm not adhering to my plan, like I'm the one who has to still stand up in front of these people and in front of these judges and either be satisfied with the results I got or not. And while that's true in other sports as well, like I I definitely felt that different kind of pressure. Um, So yeah, it was, it was an interesting journey. I'm very happy I did it, but it was, it was definitely, definitely a challenge. Yeah. No, because that's a lot of self-ownership when you're up there. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. And like anytime you, and this was for me, anytime I would, you know, be on my plan and I would want to potentially deviate or, you know, kind of 
maybe have a little quote unquote, you know, cheat day or something like that. I was like, you know what, but I'm the one who has to deal with the consequence. Like no one else is there. And I was so used to playing team sports too growing up. So it's like, I always had that, like, okay, I don't want to let my team down or I'm, you know, showing up for my team. And it was like, you're showing up for yourself and you're the only one you're going to let down. So that was, that was also kind of a shift. Yeah. So at what point then did you go from being a bodybuilder competitor into retiring from that and then turning into a coach? It was after my second show, which was about a year after my first. Again, I really enjoyed the process. It was definitely something that served me at that point in my life. But I started to recognize that I was almost becoming like so on the other side of the extreme. So very um, obsessed with everything I was eating. Like my life, I felt like revolved around food, um, around when I was going to eat, what I was going to eat, what I was going to have access to. And so that kind of started to feel a little like it was kind of a red flag to me, like, okay, maybe I need to just pause and take a break. And I'd also been training pretty consistently for that year, year and a half time. And I just thought, okay, I'm going to take a break. I actually went on a three week vacation to Indonesia after my second fitness show. And that also kind of, you know, just got me into a more balanced state, but health and fitness as a whole has just always been a passion of mine since my mom got sick. And so during this whole process of, you know, going through my bodybuilding competitions, like I was on the side, like going through certifications, doing a lot of self-research. And so I just found that I was so fascinated by the intricacies of health and like everything that really plays into it, both from a physical, mental, and emotional standpoint, and really starting to want to understand more of like what was going on deep within the body that you can't necessarily see with the naked eye. And that's kind of where that, that love for the deeper side of things started to develop. Um, But I do remember looking back at some of my um, check-in photos in between shows probably a couple months after my, my um, second fitness show. And I remember that point in time thinking like, oh, I want to do a photo shoot, but I'm not you know, lean enough. I'm not, you know, stage ready. And I look back at those pictures and I'm like, oh my God, I was so lean. Like I don't even recognize myself. And so I also realized in that moment that, okay, like body dysmorphia is real. And a lot of times you don't realize it's happening until it's happening. And so that was also a big wake up call because I felt like at that point in time, a lot of people in the fitness industry, um, at least in that area, weren't talking about things like that. Yeah, no, that's definitely something that I experienced as an athlete. And, you know, I did a sport that people weren't even judging my body. You know, no one went to my rowing races to check out our uniforms. But so I can only imagine, you know, when you're up there and like being judged on it, um, but it kind of, you know, sounds like with your story, you, like went into bodybuilding because it was like for your health and to get healthy. And then you realize you're like, OK, there's actually this whole other aspect of health, too. 100 percent. Yeah, it's like a full like 360 moment. So, yeah. So now that we're talking about body acceptance more and body dysmorphia and, you know, like trying to come to this place of like self-love and body love. How can people balance that with trying to also live healthier? That is a wonderful question. I'm so glad you asked. (laughs) Um, I think for people, what I try to help them understand is that it is absolutely acceptable to have, whether it's, you know, health related goals, fitness related goals, maybe it is body composition related goals, but that doesn't mean that you are not perfectly perfect the way that you are. So Um, I think a lot of us, and this is especially true in the the sport of bodybuilding, but a lot of us, especially as women, tie our self-worth and our identity to what we look like or, um, you know, what our body is like. And so helping people realize that 
worthiness and um, self-love does not come from a certain look. Um, it doesn't come from a certain shape. And I've been in the same experience and I have a lot of clients as well who've had that moment where they're like, okay, I look how I thought I wanted to look when it was going to make me happy. And now I'm still, you know, I'm still faced with the same challenges, right? Um, you know, I still feel the same way about myself. And what I find with women too, is that a lot of times, even when that physical aspect does change, if we don't also change the way that they, they view themselves as a person and the kind of thoughts that they have, or the kind of dialogue that they're having with themselves, when they look in the mirror, they still see that, that same person that they were before. Um, so I strive to help women realize that you can and love your body. You can love yourself just as you are because you are worthy the way that you are. And you can also still, you know, want to change certain aspects or have certain aspirations that you're working after. So I think that in the kind of climate right now, um, you know, we have people that are very on the extreme side of, um, you know, just do more, push, 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 show up more, you know, very, very, very like go, go goal oriented. And then we have the other side that's like, no, no, no. Like, you know, love yourself. You're fine. You know, everything's fine. Don't change a thing about yourself. In reality, I think that those are two very like extreme skewed viewpoints. And I think that, um, you know, being able to have those two ideologies coexist is really important because I think that without that, that kind of discipline side, I think that the self-acceptance can breed complacency. But I also think that, you know, we are constantly seeking things outside of ourselves. So to be able to realize that everything that we need and everything um, that makes us worthy is already within us. Yeah, no, I love that. And that's definitely, you know, describes me perfectly of, you know, I'm being a former athlete now. And so I'm used to having these goals and I feel like goals are very motivating and they're very tangible. And so it's like, you know, if I set these goals of like how often I want to work out or a goal in the gym, but then I also have to balance this other like mental health aspect or like what is like working towards these goals costing me, you know, I almost get to this point of like, okay, do I want to work towards a goal or do I kind of feel complacent? And so I think that you kind of like described that, like trying to balance it perfectly. A hundred percent. And I lo love that. Like I have a couple of clients right now who are former athletes and I, there's some of my most fun people to work with, but a lot of it is actually managing that, like that mindset of, I, I have to keep showing up at like 110% and, you know, I have to be on my A game and I have to perform perfectly. And so trying to like reel that back after you grew up as like, that's such a big part of, you know, who you are and how you function. Um, that's also, you know, something I love, but definitely a, a total different side of the coin. <laughs> Yeah. Do you have any suggestions for people who might be trying, you know, this more like self-acceptance approach, but still want to set goals? Like, are there a different way that they should approach goals? Is there different types of goals that they should be setting? How can that look to still have that motivation? Absolutely. I find that it kind of depends on the person, but what I like to do um, with women who have body related goals, but also want to have um, a healthier relationship with themselves or a healthier relationship with fitness and nutrition is to focus more on how they feel and kind of, you know, work on setting those performance type goals. So um, that's something I didn't really have in bodybuilding. Obviously, you know, no one's saying let's get really strong at, at any particular lift or any particular movement. Um, so, you know, having a, a plan and a strategy that's going to get you where you want to be, but then also not hyper-focusing on every little thing in the process and just focusing more about how you're feeling, how you're showing up in your life, how you're performing overall, um, I think can be very helpful for women to, kind of disconnect because what I see is people like to micromanage 
their goals. Um, you know, we're weighing ourselves every single day. We're constantly like analyzing our body every time we walk by a mirror. Um, and that can become very discouraging. It can, it can become very overwhelming. So one of the things that has helped me the most in all of the stages of, you know, whatever I'm working on with my own health and fitness is to kind of set that end goal and then forget about it and just focus on continuing to show up for yourself, continuing to do what makes you feel your best. And like you enjoy the process so much more and then you get to your goal and you're like, oh, wow, like <laughs> I made it, but I actually had fun. I felt good. Like I wasn't miserable in the process and you don't spend all of that time creating this anxiety or that negative dialogue within yourself. Yeah, no, I really like that because I don't even know if like this is what you intentionally meant by it, but this is what I got from what you just said is a lot of times the advice we get is to focus on the process because that's the stuff that you can control, right? It's like, oh, you don't know if you're going to lose 10 pounds, but you know if you can work out or not. But kind of what I got from your advice is always taking the opposite approach of like, if you're only focusing on the process, then you're going to micromanage every action you take versus if you zoom out more and focus on that end goal of like, so your end goal is you want to work out more to be healthier and sleep better. Well, then you don't have to check off necessarily like, okay, go to the gym four times this week, but you can just do a lot of things overall that help balance it out instead of just like, okay, this is another thing on to-do list. And like, this is what I did today to help me get there. You can zoom out more. Absolutely. For sure. And I think that too, like we're all so busy we're also stressed out with so many different things in life. So being able to take that zoomed out approach can be really beneficial as well, because when you're in like the weeds of your day-to-day life, and you're also trying to do all of these other things, um, I think it can become very overwhelming. So being able to kind of take that big big picture approach and kind of move back is very helpful. Yeah, I love that. And then, you know, I feel like a lot of times too, with this idea of like self-love at every size and like the body positivity that we might see online, I feel like, you know, you don't get a lot of like the nuance of it, of like what that actually looks like day to day you know people are just like oh you just like love yourself right for you and when you're like working with someone and coaching them like what are steps that people can like start accepting themselves more instead of just like okay I love myself now right I know I spent a lot of time in that like let me just tell myself I love myself and like it'll happen right um not necessarily so one thing I like to do with women is to go through kind of a a process at the beginning where we look at like really how they identify themselves. So what kind of language do they use when they think about themselves? Like what do, how do they speak to themselves? You know, what do they see when they look in the mirror? And that's actually something I ask in my intake form. And then we also look at their values, like across the board in life. So do they value freedom? Do they value achievement? What is, what is that? And then I try to kind of tie those values into what we're doing. So that way, you know, let's say we have to take a certain nutritional approach that is actually going to end up helping them feel better overall. But let's say it might feel a little restrictive or it just feels like a big change for them. I try to tie that back into their values to show them how that is actually helping them show up in a more powerful way within what they truly value in life and what they want to create in life. I am a big believer that practicing discipline (laughs) um, within reason is actually one of the biggest things that you can do to boost your self-love. I think that when we really do love ourselves, we show up for ourselves. And sometimes that's difficult. Sometimes it means doing things that we don't necessarily want to do. And sometimes it means backing off from things that we think we should be doing. And so um, helping clients realize, um, you know, kind of where, where that balance is um, and where they've just kind of been letting themselves slide is something that 
I also you know work with them on as well. But I think it's really easy to just sit back and be like, oh, I don't want to do anything, but you know, I'm just going to try to love myself more. But I, I really think that when you Um, when you show up for yourself, that's when that self-love really starts to kick in. Because if you think about anyone else in your life that you care about, that you love, that loves you, they show up for you, right? Like if somebody bailed on you 20 times, like you're probably not going to think that they care very much about you or that you're that important. So like, I mean, I think we, as people bail on ourselves all the time. So um, I think one of the best things that women can do to kind of boost that self-love is to just show up for yourself. And that can be in so many different capacities. It can be within so many different areas of life. Um, But wherever you feel like like you're neglecting yourself or letting yourself maybe slide on things that you don't want to slide on, practice showing up for yourself, practice being disciplined. Um, And I think when you realize that you can count on yourself more than anyone else, you're like, wow, like I love myself because I know I have my back. Yeah. No, that's a great perspective to look at it too. Like thinking about it almost as a different person of like, okay, if this was my significant other or best friend, like, you know, how would I treat them in that situation? So why am I like putting myself last or not committing to the things that I told myself I would? I think that's a great way to look at it. Yeah. Or like even the way that we dialogue with ourselves. Like I know I've caught myself, you know, saying or thinking things about myself. And I'm like, would I say this same thing to like my best friend or someone that I love? And I'm like, no, I wouldn't say that to them. So why am I saying it to myself? Um, So kind of having that, you know, being able to, I think, disconnect a little bit and look at what we're feeling, thinking and experiencing from a more objective place, as opposed to like a place that's really emotionally charged because it's our experience can help like bring a whole new level of awareness into where we're at in that process and where we might need to go. Yeah. And the other thing that you mentioned with this too, is asking yourself, like, you know, what values you have, because the first one that you mentioned was freedom. And it's funny because I think the first one that I would probably mention in terms of health and fitness is structure. Um, So they're kind of like wildly opposite. But for me, like that's what motivates me to have it in my life because I know that the more like I focus on physical fitness and I like get better sleep and I like wake up earlier and like I have a plan for my day and I'm more productive. So for me, it's almost like structure versus someone else. It might be freedom. So I think that's so important to know about ourselves in order to like move forward. 100%. I will say I'm very much on the structure and discipline side as well. I just, that popped into my head because I have a client who that is one of her values. And we actually use like that as a a catalyst to say like, okay, how is what you're doing right now helping you show up in a way in your life that creates more freedom, whether it's, you know, energetically time freedom, um, all of those things. So yeah. Awesome. Well, I've loved this whole conversation. Is there any one last piece of advice that you'd like to leave everyone with that maybe we haven't gotten to yet today? I would just say for anyone listening that's embarking either on, you know, a journey of really loving yourself more or improving your health and fitness, or maybe both, because I oftentimes find that they are, you know, correlated to just be gentle with yourself. I think that it's really easy to see that end goal and think about all of the things that we have to do to get there or that we think we have to do to get there. And the reality is, is just by having awareness and taking that first step into that journey is amazing. And that just builds momentum, which keeps building momentum until next thing you know, you're like, oh, this is like second nature to me. So be kind with yourself, be gentle. And um, if you you know don't know what you're doing, you get help, get support from someone who can help you. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. Where can people find you, follow you, work with you, all of that? Yeah. So I am primarily on Instagram. My handle is at Health, And then my website is www.allycasshealth.com. Awesome. I will link that below. Thanks for joining us. 
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.